Hello everyone, this is Prophet Michael Joseph. I would love to welcome you to the Guardians of Worlds podcast. But before we begin, I would love to at least thank all those who were able to make it personal to the School of Ascension and encourage those who couldn't make it to uh, to turn up for the next School of Ascension or be communicating the date. We looked at very special things that was on the 28th of November. We touched very special things and many questions were raised that I'll keep answering during the course of this month and the coming month. And uh, I'll actually highlight a bit of these things. So if you're using our platform, that is uh, the School of Ascension email list. So if you haven't signed up yet, you can go to the School of Ascension website. That is schoolofascension.direct.io and you register so that you can be so that you can always receive our learning equipment like our some of the videos that we are going to begin sending so that we can prepare for the next school of ascension and we can keep growing in in Yahweh's love and in uh, the, the knowledge of Israel so uh, to begin with today we are looking at the circular altar which is something I've actually not had spoken of a lot but it's something that was um, was common in antiquity and the antediluvian patriots they, they actually, some of them understood the, the, the gospel that was written in the stars because most of the things that, most of the mysteries they received were either through prophecies, experiences, or some actually studied the stars and understood that there was a special mystery that was written there. So the, the circular altar is basically drawn from one of the experiences that happens to the second Messiah, who we actually looked at in a previous podcast as the Messiah son of David of Messiah Ben David, who actually comes in the seventh generation, that is after uh, Jesus comes. And we have to, there are a few things we have to become very accustomed to in this time that I'll, I'll keep highlighting because there was a time where we had, like there was a time where we, we saw one rainbow and one rainbow manifested and it came with a message. And that 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 was the mystery of the time. But since then, God has grown. He has moved on to another glory and he's, he's unlocking new levels of understanding that we need to walk into. Now, whenever we, there are times where I can have experiences and I see two balls in the sky, I see two rainbows in the sky, which actually communicates something very special. And there are times when, when I'm studying the stars, I'm just looking at the stars and I see a crescent around the moon and, and then two rainbows around the moon. All these things are very special and they're communication of the times we shouldn't just uh, look at it as, you know, nothing. We, we should take time to interpret some of these things that happen. Because for the past, I don't know, thousands of years, Abba has had to work with the least amount of knowledge of the revelation of his nature. But now he has come to the place where he's revealing his very own essence. And he's, he's stepping out of the paradigm of God is simple. Because I've encountered people very many times who tell me that, uh, this gospel is kind of too hard and it's complicating God. And someone was telling me the same thing at the School of Ascension. Uh, the fr a friend of theirs said the same thing. And I, I have met very many people who say the same thing, that God is meant to be simple. And sometimes with the mystic revelation that we carry, we, we overcomplicate God. But they forget that God in himself has a nature that's unfathomable. That already makes him too complicated. But the beauty about all this is he has images that he releases all over creation that can help us understand and simplify him. The truth is none of this is actually hard and complicated. It's just many out there that are too lost and see this as complicated. But the, 
But what Abba desires to actually do is bring us back to the place where we can actually see with his eyes and touch with his hands. That's when we shall see that some of these things are actually who we are and they are, I wouldn't say simple, but they are, some can be understood and some cannot be understood. But the fact that some cannot be understood doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to know. Abba desires that you know some of these things that can't be understood. Because even in the past, some of the prophets communed with some of these paradigms and they didn't understand some of them. But they still communed with it at a certain level and Abba worked with what was sown into them. Now we've ended a time where Abba is relieving it, releasing a different spirit, which you actually see the, uh, written in the book of Joel, where he says that he'll pour his spirit a second time. I, had a, I, I had, once had an experience of someone, a gentleman who had a dream and there was pink rain falling from the sky. And then uh, the person who was interpreting the dream told them that they were witnessing another outpouring of the spirit. We have come to an age where everyone prophesies about the second outpouring of the Spirit, but they barely understand what that means. So the second outpouring of the Spirit is basically an outpouring of another Spirit of God, and I've actually covered this in the previous podcast. You can look for them. It covers the second Spirit of God, and it's something that actually aids us to get born of water out of the Spirit. Because when you're being born of water out of the Spirit, that's a different Spirit. The spirit that gives birth to you or births your spirit within you when you're getting born again is not the same spirit that transfigures your being when you're getting born of water and the spirit. So we need to understand that when Abba is pouring, a certain spirit is pouring the different spirit. That's the second spirit. And we're actually meant to have both of these Holy Spirits within us because the first one, that is Sarayu, who, uh, is, who is the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost comes, the Bible says, and Jesus said that, she will not speak of her own authority. But whatever she hears, she will tell you. So that doesn't mean that uh, there is a hierarchy or rank in God. I actually, I actually kind of annihilated that paradigm and told you guys there's no chain of command in God and all this. Everyone is well, the entirely the one God. Each person is entirely the one God. But now that, that, that basically means when we say that Sarayus won't speak on her own authority, but she will come in the name of Jesus. It basically means that she is coming in the stead of Jesus to reveal to you Jesus. So most times there are times where we, we believe we have encountered Jesus, but have actually encountered Sarai. And the times where we actually encountered Jesus as the son of man. But like I told you, the Lord is moving out from that paradigm where we are looking at Jesus as the son of, as the son of man. And we're entering the place where we shall actually see him as the son of God. But then this actually has to grow based on the authority that the person that the Holy Ghost is speaking in because she can reveal much more to you, but she has a plan for you that she wants to guide you and she wants to bring you to the knowledge of the truth that is Christ himself, that is Yeshua. She has to bring you to the knowledge of Yeshua so that you can grow in being born of the Spirit of God. And then the second time the Spirit is poured, and then the Holy Spirit that comes within us, that's the Holy Spirit of life, leads us to the to the understanding of the fourth person of God you get. So when that happens, it basically, she shows us visions of this person and brings us to the knowledge of truth of this person so that we can grow in being born of water and of the spirit. So the more that happens actually, then, then different beings are revealed because we know that they're spirit beings, but that's, that's not the only kind of creature that man is transfigured to. There are different kind of beings that are God-imaged beings that 
all these different kinds of beings that man can retransfigure to just like the angels angels have very many orders that serve in very many different uh thrones and different they serve diff- different purposes and have different mandates so man as well has very many different orders that we can serve under that we can we can be there's a reason why it seems like we are stuck with one look and yet angels have a variety of looks but then that's actually not it we all have a unique look that we have to that we have to grow in the more we actually grow into the knowledge of who we are then understanding our identity then the more we actually tap into these looks i actually you, you, i usually tell people to tap into their spirit or to go and have a moment with their spirit so that they can become spirit like you transfer consciousness to your spirit being because some people are just spiritual I was telling some that we should stop being spiritual as a church and and stop encouraging people to be mystics and all this but we should get to the place where we are spirit because no one that is flesh actually practices how to be carnal there's something that it just flows that's how we should actually learn to be spirit and spirit beings where the spiritual life and the spiritual nature just flows so to begin with uh, i want to begin with an experience i had a few years ago where i was actually you can say I was fast asleep so i was engaging heaven and then i engaged the lord for a while then something very interesting happened because uh while i was engaging the lord i was called actually there was the heavens opened you can see the heavens the veil that covers that conceals heaven was opened and then i could see a throne it was like a dark throne room and but i could make a person there was a lady seated on the throne and the more i stared at her and looked and beheld her then she, the I, she actually stared back but then until i figured out that there was a person on that throne and i recognized her, that's when she decided to speak now when she spoke the how words the voice just moved a distance and i saw the sound i could see the sound move like substance it wasn't just like sound that was that i could hear but i could see it it was substance it was something that was formed it was like a mist that was formed and then as the words came out a river a gushing river came towards me it was very turbulent it was heavy it was so this river came towards me with a lot of force and i could see that there was still a realm the realm was there but it was it was removed but i could still see the line where it had it had existed so when this river reached this place it just made like immediately it crossed the veil it turned into this lady now she was still sitting on the throne but she was now in this realm so this beautiful breeze came her presence you get her presence now filled the room and she came on sat by my side by my head and then she looked at me with a look of love it was such love that i i couldn't fathom it was it was so special it, it it just i don't know it melted my heart then she called to me softly and i turned when i turned and looked at her she had this look of love like she she didn't have to tell you that she loved you you could just look see the way she looked at you and it would just melt you so when i just when our eyes met that's when she just ruptured me in the spirit and then i went to a house that was it was it was above it were like trees it was like off above heaven okay no no it was above the earth i believe it was above the earth and then i remember i was caught up there then there was this house it was resting on a tree at the top of a tree so there were these large trees like a tiny forest 
and then this house was resting at the top of these trees and then i remember it was like these beings were coming to this house like to gather and to meet and then she she came as well and then i remember she communicated something and then when i looked outside she's like she was telling us something but then there was an angel that was flying outside now i actually understood that this angel was was one of the persons of god which i'm actually going to get into now this angel was one of the persons of god and he was flying around but i noticed but i was actually i had a bit of divided attention i was looking at her because she just messed me up and i'm looking at this angel and i'm like wow okay what is going on and then below us below this 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 house that was seated on these trees that was actually more of like inside these trees there was water there was like a sea now this sea was it was like resting in mid-air. So like below the sea, there was just air. Then I believe the earth was below. So I looked at her and then she said something that was still strong. And it, it reminds me of the voice like many waters. So immediately she said, she, she began to speak with, with such love and such, but such authority. Then a river, I had a river coming and somehow everyone just vanished like everyone just vanished even the lord who i was looking at kind of just vanished and then this river came and swept this house and swept me as well now it was sweeping me and i could see everything this river swept now was soaked in this river and this river was actually half voice it was half very love so we were swept with this river and were, 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 I, I could see where the river was flowing to and it was just sweeping me and then i decided you know what I have to cut those buildings that are big, swept. So I began to swim at a very fast rate, not like the natural man can swim, like more of like how a fish swims. So I began to swim at, at a very terrific speed. And then when I turned to my left, I actually noticed that there was more of like, there was a certain fish that was, I, I don't know whether it was a dolphin or a shark. I'm not sure, but... This fish was at my side and it was swimming and it was still giving me the look this lady used to give me. And then it was swimming at a very terrific speed and we were just, we were just having fun, you get. We were just having a good time swimming and competing with each other. We were just, it was like a very, it was like a fun game, just swimming, seeing who could swim faster than the other while we were trying to catch these houses that were being swept by this river. And then I remember a time reached where some funny thought entered my head and I was like, I don't remember my exact thought, but it kind of drew me back. Then I stopped. And then this fish stopped suddenly and turned with sad eyes because it felt like I was communing with the Lord. And in, okay, it felt like back in the earth, I was communing with the Lord in a language that was understood. You get, because I remember I told you guys that there's a time the Lord told me to actually stop speaking in tongues. And then when I stopped speaking in tongues and I began to rest and sit on my throne whenever I went to the th or to to worship and to uh, speak to the Lord and and to uh, you get, then there are times where it felt like I was doing nothing in communion. It felt like I was just wasting time. Now that is actually what was demonstrated here. There was something special happening that I didn't understand while I was in was while I was in communion. But whenever I stopped, it would hurt the Lord because we're having special communion. So when I I remember I saw this fish stop and he, he gave me this look. I could tell it was a he. He gave me this look of, you know, like the desire to continue, the desire to push on, but I felt like none of it was real. That's how I came back to my body and realized that that um, I had forsook a very special mystery that was actually happening 
and something that's special that the Lord was giving me. But I want to touch something very special when it comes to uh, the star gospel and what the circular altar actually is. So when we go back to the star gospel, I'm going to show you exactly what this is and who this fish was, who is actually the, 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 the angel the angel that we can actually see flying around. So let's, let's go to the book of Ezra. That is fourth Ezra, which we actually refer to as Ezra. Some people actually don't believe that um, some of these books uh, amount to something, but this is, there, there are mysteries that are in these books, and I explained in the previous podcast that there are mysteries that are in these books that only if your eyes are opened, you can see and you can see the depth within their truth. So Ezra 13 says that, 13 one says, and it came to pass after seven days, I dreamed a dream in the night, and behold, a wind arose from the sea and stirred up all its waves. And I looked, and behold, this wind made something like a figure of a man come up out of the heart of the sea. I remember my brother, Zanufas, told me about the scripture. And it basically says that there was a wind that made something like a figure of a man come up out of the heart of the sea. And then it said, And I looked, and behold, that man walked strong and flew with the clouds of heaven. And wherever he turned his face to look, all things trembled under his gaze. And whensoever his voice went out of his mouth, all they melted that had his voice like wax melts when it fills the fire. It says, And after this I looked, and behold, there was gathered together a multitude of men without number from the four winds of the heaven to war against the man that came out of the sea. So there's a man that came out of the sea and all this. So later on, Israel asks for the interpretation. Then it says that from the beginning you have shown your servant these wonders and have counted me worthy that you should receive my prayer now show me also the interpretation of this dream so somewhere there then the lord comes and begins to reveal this dream to ezra now the interpretation that is in ezra 13 21 says and he answered to me and said i will tell you the interpretation of the vision and i will explain to you the thing which you have inquired now now this is uriel the angel who used to reveal these mysteries to ezra the prophet so it says, whereas you have spoken of them that are left behind, this is the interpretation. He who brings the peril at that time will himself protect those who fall into peril, who have works and have faith in the Almighty. You get, so the, it, Uriel the prophet is basically explaining that that time which is like no other, like the world has not seen, that time of trouble is actually allowed, by, like the Lord allows the, the, the Jews to go through that just so that he can, you know, just so that the, 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 the cup of the wicked can be fulfilled and, he, and judgment is passed on them. But he says that he'll protect those that have faith in the Almighty. And then he says, Know this therefore that they which be left behind are more blessed than those who have died. Then it goes on to say, This is the interpretation of the vision as, For you seeing a man coming out of the middle of the sea, the same is he who the Most High Yahweh has kept a great season, which by himself shall deliver his creature. So the, I've, I've encountered people who really ask me, where the the the, uh, the revelation of the Messiah, son of David, comes from, and why is it that after all this, like all this time, we haven't known of him? Now, this is what the Lord says. This person has been kept a great season, and actually, in the beginning, when you study the book, the book of Enoch, the book of the Watchers, it says that this person was made in the beginning because this person is the Lord, and they are not created; they are good, just like Jesus. Jesus was made man at the beginning. Now it says that this person was made in the beginning and kept away. So God purposely kept this person away just so that they would, he would reveal them in the end of time. And then heaven goes on and the mystery is gone, but no man can actually see this person. So it goes on to say that 
He goes on to say that, And as for you seeing a blast of the wind and fire and a storm coming out of his mouth, and as for his not holding a sword nor a weapon of war, yet destroying the onrushing multitude which came to conquer and subdue him, this is the interpretation. Behold, the days are coming when the Most High Yahweh will deliver them that are upon the earth, and bewilderment of mind shall come over those who dwell on the earth, and they shall plan to make war against one another, one city against another city, one place against another place, people against people and kingdom against kingdom. That's, that's the time when then the nations of the world, and the people who have remained in the world, actually fighting against each other. And then they just decide, one city decides to make one against another city. And that's the time, like, you get, that's, that's the time of, just the time right before, uh, that happens just before the end. Then it says, and the time shall be when these things shall come to pass, and these signs shall happen, which I showed you before, and then shall my son be revealed. So, like I told you, this son has been hidden for ages, but actually God has kept a bit of fine print on you got like when you look through a bible and your eyes have been opened then you see this person revealed often you get eh? so it says that whom you saw as a man ascending so like remember i was with this creature this man this this fish and was swimming in this water and then remember when i was talking about capricornus that is the goat the half goat and the half fish. Then I told you that from the head to the west was a goat, and from the west to the to the legs was a fish. And this fish was actually I explained it as one of the Gemini twins who is actually it's a kid it's a kid. It says that they call it the kid cut off. The one of the ancient people gave it a name called the kid cut off. So that name basically refers to the nature of this fish who actually is slain you can see the fish is slain so the fish is slain for the sins of a small people and then after the fish is slain it resurrects and then it releases the blessing of the redeemed that's why you see whenever this woman who actually opened her mouth and released this water this woman is actually the mother that's jerusalem the mother of all and this person we're talking about the messiah son of david is the person who actually ascends who remember in revelations 2 and we're talking about the, about this at the school of ascension I just want to highlight highlight it a bit so that we can all understand this mystery. So when we go to Revelation 12, it says that uh, Revelation 12 speaks about Jerusalem, the mother of all. Just give me a second, let me go there. So Revelation 12, 1 says that, And there appeared a great one in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Now we shall talk about the sun, the moon, and the crown of twelve stars another time. And said, And she being with child, cried travailing in birth and pained to be delivered and there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head and he still drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born and she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Now remember I told you that we're in a place that was high above the earth. I, I, you, you can't, this place was interesting. It was like in space. It was like beyond the earth, but it was hanging in mid-air. Like there was a sea below it that was hanging in mid-air. I, I couldn't say this place was heaven, but it was hanging in mid-air. And then there, was, there were trees, like there was a almost like a forest. And this this house was at the top of the forest. 
that's very interesting so when when we go back to the book of ezra that's that's when we actually see it says ezra 1332 says and a time shall be when this thing shall come to pass and a sign shall happen which i showed you before and then shall my son be revealed whom you saw as a man ascending you get remember the man who was ascending who was coming out of the sea now that sea is is you what you can refer to as a circular altar now the circular altar is is an altar that was built that has a place of uh you can say it's, it's, it's more of like a place of i wouldn't say period but remember l- l- let's go to revelations let me show you something in revelations revelations 12 14 says 12 14 14 and i looked and behold a white cloud and upon the cloud one sat like unto the son of man having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle and another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the, th- the cloud thrust the thrust in thy sickle and reap for the time is come for thee to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe now many of us who have studied the end time usually interpret this as the, the time of the rapture remember it says that jesus said that and he will call his angels to reap you get that is to rapture when they come to rapture the the, the gentile church so it says for he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth and the earth was ripped you get now now this is 17 shows something that i've been trying to tell you guys for a while and says and another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven he also having a sharp sickle and another angel came out from the altar which had power over the fire and cried with a loud voice cried to him that had the sharp sickle saying thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe and the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of god and the winepress was trodden without the city and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horses bridles by the space of a thousand and six thousand furlongs so you notice that across the bible there is a pattern of two that happens like pattern of two messiahs that mostly manifest so when we're in the wilderness you know that there are two rocks the first one moses is asked to slay and the second one moses is asked to speak to now here we actually see two harvests now the first one the person the man who sits in the clouds is asked to reap but then the second one is very interesting it's an angel who is asked to reap and what what the first heaven is the first heaven the first harvest is the great harvest where the, the earth is ripped that that is the righteous are ripped out of the earth but the second one is about judgment so now we notice that they're not just two they weren't just two stones in the wilderness they weren't just they're not just two harvests but they're also two judgments so the first one and the second one now we're looking at the harvest the first harvest is where we actually see the first messiah messiah son of joseph now you notice that he comes and he's told to rip the earth so that's why that's how you see that jesus returns for the rapture and then he ruptures the church but then after that something very interesting happens it says that and bewilderment of mind shall come over those who dwell on the earth and they shall plan to make war against one another city no that's sorry that, that that's in uh that's that's in esdras now that's the time where so it's very interesting because now there are two harvests and the first one is the son of man who harvests the earth let me, let's go to that scripture in in uh, i think it's matthew so matthew 13 37 says that he answered and said unto them he that soweth the good seed is the son of man 
The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that are of that offend, and they which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear. Let him hear. You get. So Jesus is basically talking about the time where he comes to harvest the earth, the great harvest. But that's the first harvest. Now the second one is very interesting. The second one that is, is an angel harvesting, and this angel is actually harvesting grapes to go and pour in the wine press, which is actually uh, how do they call it? Which is a trading place. One of the the, the, the trading flows, because there are trading flows in heaven. One of the trading flows are a sea of glass. But now we see another trading flow that actually the Lord is the only one that trades in, which is the, the great wine press of the wrath of God. So now here in Revelations, we see uh, Revelations 14, we see that um, we see that the angel also gathers grapes and then let's go there. It says, and the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and the earth and was and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horses' bridles, by the space of a thousand and six thousand six hundred furlongs. Now, there's another scripture that actually shows the time where, it's in Isaiah that shows the time where uh, this angel of the Lord, this person I told you was flying around, this, this fish I was swimming, him, uh, swimming with, that's actually the branch of David. There's a time where, there's a scripture where Isaiah met him and asked, I think we should go there, that's in Isaiah 54. So it's actually Isaiah 63, it says, Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Now that was the branch of David's answer. It says, Wherefore art thou in red in thine apparel and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat? Now this is Isaiah asking. Then he says, I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon mine garments, and I will stain all my raiment. For the day of the vengeance is in mine heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. It says, And I looked, and there was none to help, and I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld me. So when we were at the School of Ascension, someone had a very nice vision. You can, they actually had a very nice experience and they were telling us about how uh, the Virgin of Light and her maidens were birthing something. There was, there was a lady that was birthing twins who are the Gemini twins. And then this lady was crying and travailing in birth pains like it says in Micah until she who was given birth, until she who travaileth has brought forth. That is in Micah 5. So the, the, there were other ladies out that were that, that was second guessing helping her, which is actually what this 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 guy's what, what uh, the, the the angel of the Lord he says here. That is the Messiah, son of David, says that. And I looked, and there was none to help, and I wondered that there was none to uphold. See, you get so there was none to help. He says, therefore, mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld me. So this is what it says that. 
So the ladies who actually helped this lady deliver, they cut her open, she had a C-section, so they cut her open and she actually lived on their life. So this is actually what happens when the, the Jerusalem, the mother of all, which I actually spoke about in the previous podcast, happens to give birth to this son who is caught up to the Lord. So after, actually, when she was giving birth, you can say she lived on the life of the maidens and wisdom. So the virgin of light gives birth with her maidens and then they give birth to twins. Now these twins are the Gemini twins. I, I actually spoke about them in the first episode of this podcast. And I said that one of the Gemini twins, who is actually the son of David, who is the, the Messiah son of David, is actually this who actually redeems, who's, who actually represents the second rock. So it says, and I looked and there was none to help, and I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, mine own arm brought salvation unto me. So the arm that brought salvation unto him was actually the second Gemini twin, who we actually spoke about as uh, Apollo the judge, the one who actually comes back and stands in the Mount of Olives, who I've perceived for a long time to be Jesus. So it says that, it, and my fury, it upheld me. And I will tread down the people in mine anger and make them drunk in my fury. And I'll bring down the strength. I'll bring down their strength to the earth. So now you see now how this second, this second uh, harvest goes. Now I bet many of you are wondering why is this second person an angel if this person is God? But remember when we go back to what I told you, the scripture I spoke about in the, the book of the secrets of Enoch, that's second Enoch, we realize that the son of man, actually the word was made flesh. Now the flesh that the word was made was a man. So the word was turned, the word was turned into a man, but wisdom was turned into an angel. Now this, this actually reflects the creation story. So you see that in the beginning, God took his wisdom, who is actually one of his persons, and turned wisdom to an angel. Then he turned the word of the Lord, Yeshua, into a man. Then he comes and then on the second day of creation, he creates the angels. And then later on comes down and creates the man later, which is actually uh, a pattern of creation and a pattern of love that we're going to talk about later. It's, it's one of the laws of love that I want to mention. And we're going to look at in, maybe let's say the next podcast, if Abba, Abba allows. So now we see that this, I'm not saying that the branch of David is wisdom, but the branch of David is the son of wisdom. And we're going to get into the depth of how the branch of David as well gets to be an angel. So now we go back to the circular altar where I was telling you that the branch of David actually had to pay because we now, now we see that the kid cut off that dolphin that was cut off actually in Capricornus and then rise, resurrects and then comes with the blessing of the redeemed. Because when you go to the book of Enoch, first Enoch says that, so we go to first Enoch. First Enoch says something very special about the Son of Man. It says uh, in chapter 48, it says, And in that place I saw a fountain of righteousness, which was inexhaustible, and around it were many fountains of wisdom, and all the thirsty drank of them, and were filled with wisdom. And their dwellings were with the righteous and holy and elect. And at that hour, that Son of Man was named in the presence of the Lord of Spirit, and his name before the head of days, or you can say his name before the ancient of days. Now you know that the Son of Man who we see ascend in the book of Daniel is this son of man and then person who is referred to as the ancient of days or the head of days is Jesus now it says that this at that hour that son of man was named in the presence of the Lord of Spirit as in his name before the head of days that that's actually how we see 
Jesus handing over his kingdom to this son of man, to the Messiah, uh, son of David. And then he says, yeah, before the sun and the signs were created, before the stars of the heaven were made, his name was named before the Lord of Spirit. And he shall be a staff to the righteous whereon to stay themselves and not fall. And he shall be the light of the Gentiles. Remember I told you Jesus came for the Jews. This Messiah is coming. He's meant to come for the Gentiles. And he's coming for the Gentiles but has to save the Jews. Remember there was a switch somewhere there. It says, and the hope of those who are troubled of heart, all who dwell on the earth shall fall down and worship before him and will praise and bless and celebrate with songs of the Lord of, songs, the Lord of spirits. You get now here it's speaking of this son of man as the Lord of spirits. And it says, and for this reason hath he been chosen and hidden before him. Remember I told you that this Messiah had been hidden from the, before the beginning of the earth. So it says before the creation of the world and forevermore, he was hidden before him. And the wisdom of the Lord of Spirit has revealed him to the holy and righteous. And for he, for he hath preserved the Lord of the righteous. So because they have hated and despised those. So many people usually ask, what does this help? What does this gospel help you with? Now you need to know that all the promises and many of the promises that God has given you are hidden and held, preserved by this Messiah. So without the knowledge of this Messiah, you don't have those treasures, those those promises that God promised you, like those things that Jesus opened for you, you don't have those blessings unless you know this Messiah because he's the one that preserves them, he's the one that holds them. So you need to understand that the more we're conscious of this Messiah, the more we tap into our blessings because there are things out there that we all desire. And I understand there are things out there we all desire, the things we can't ignore. But we need to understand that if you want to tap into the real blessing of the redeemed, this Messiah is holding it. And I told you that the Lord told Moses, speak to the rock and the water shall flow. As a sign, as a prophecy that when we intercede for this Messiah, who is holding the burdens of Israel, then he shall come forth and the blessing shall flow. He shall come. That's why it says that. That's why it says that. He shall be a staff to the righteous whereon to stay themselves and not fall. He shall be the light of the Gentiles and the hope of those who are troubled of heart. So those that are troubled of heart and are trying to figure out these things and trying to relate with a simple God are actually going the longer route. By basically knowing this Messiah, he, can, he is your hope. If you're troubled of heart, you get. That's why I'm actually here to, to actually teach about him because he has been hidden. Now the Lord told me, I want to reveal him. You get now I'm at the place where I have to come and reveal because it says, and the wisdom of the Lord the Spirit has revealed him to the holy and righteous. I told you that I've been communing with wisdom for a while and she has carried me for a while and she brought me to this place and told me, I want you to reveal this. Before she actually started teaching me this gospel, she told me, I want you to reveal us. And I was like, What do you mean by us? Then she showed me the Godhead and, and she began to stretch past what we believe as the Trinity and she tried to show me other persons of good and she said i want you to teach about all of us that's how i'm actually in this place so it says that he has preserved the lot of the righteous you get so we need to now understand that there is a lot that we there's a lot that this messiah has covered there's a lot that the lord is doing for us it says that i will do it i'll work a work in your days that you shall not believe even though it was told you you get because now let's go back to verse 7. It says, And the wisdom of the Lord the Spirit has revealed him to the holy and righteous, for he has preserved the Lord of the righteous, because they have hated and despised this world of unrighteousness, and have hated 
all its works and ways in the name of the Lord of Spirit. He says, for in his name they are saved. And according to his good pleasure has it been in regard to their life. Now we see that in the name of Jesus we are saved. But in the name of this Messiah as well we are saved. Then we see the relation between both of these Messiahs and we see how they are one and how they are here to guide us into the purpose and the plan of God for man in the first place, for creation in the first place. So now when we go back to, to Isaiah 63, that's when we actually see the time when this Messiah comes in judgment because it says that it says that he he will come and he will come and uh, remove the right the, the the kings of the earth from their seats. You get that's actually the time when the first judgment happens when uh, the ancient of days is seated on his throne. That's that that's around that time. Then it says that he's going to tread or trample them in his blood. Now when we go to when we go to the constellation of Scorpio, that is the Scorpion. That's when we actually see that the seed of the woman shall actually trample the head of the serpent. You get so in my book, The Star Gospel, that was my first book. I spoke about a vision I had sometime I was praying. So I was actually before the throne of God and I was worshiping and I was praying. And then I began to see the Lord weeping and he was crying and he was downcast in countenance. So he was weeping and I began to wonder what was wrong and you get so i just went and sat on his lap and then i i began to ask him what is wrong what is wrong and he just kept on weeping and he held himself firm and strong and then he lifted me and showed me a vision he showed me he showed me a vision where he was carrying this son of man and then he walked to the altar that was before the throne now when he opened this altar there was water inside this altar and then he held this son of man and then he put this son of man into this water and then he closed this throne. Remember I told you that the circular, the, the, sorry, the circular altar is this, this place that, that uh, this son of man actually pays for the sins of many. Let me, let, let me show you something when we go to Isaiah. Because many of you don't know about the, the, the second redemption. Many of us know that Jesus died for our sins, Yeshua died for our sins. But then we don't understand that another Messiah as well dies for the sins of another people. So let me show you. When we go to Isaiah 53, 1, it says, Who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall... Now, this, the person who is being spoken about here is the person who the arm of the Lord has been revealed to. Remember, the arm of the Lord is also is the other Gemini twin who, is, who has also been concealed and for a while now and we can't see him until the time of their redemption. The arm that actually redeems the Gemini twins. So it says, uh, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now here is talking about uh, the Lord Jesus and the Messiah and all this. And then it, it, it tells us about, uh, it tells us about everything. It says, and he, that's verse 9, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. So basically, I'm giving you uh, the first revelation or the first dimension of this revelation. We shall look at the depth of it later. But then it, it says something that I want to speak of in depth. So it says, that's in verse 11. It says, he shall see of the travail of his soul. That is, who is that seeing of the travail of his soul? That is, we believe the person who's spoken about in Isaiah 53, who, who made his, you know, who, who went to 
the slaughter as you know a sheep without uh, saying anything it says and shall be satisfied so it says he shall see the travail of his soul that is yeshua and shall be satisfied it says by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their iniquities so i want you to explain to me this the person who is seeing of the travail of his soul is yeshua and says that by yeshua's knowledge shall the righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their iniquities let's go to the book of zechariah and i show you this mystery now you see that there are two persons who bear the sins of many and i'm going to reveal to you the, the, how who this person the second person actually whose sins this second person actually bears so it says in um that is in zechariah 4 it says no actually let's start from three like zechariah 3 it says for behold the stone that i have laid before joshua that's zechariah 3 9 upon one stone shall be seven eyes behold i will engrave the engravings thereof now that is the knowledge who the knowledge of yeshua that this messiah justifies many by it saith the lord of hosts and i will remove the iniquity of that land in one day now here we see that it says i will engrave the engravings thereof which is actually talking about that part in isaiah 53 that says that by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many now that is the law that is written in this servant and it says and i will remove the iniquity of that land in one day that's why it says that then then it, it that's where it actually says that and for he shall bear the iniquity so when we go back to isaiah 53 that's how we see this glorious mystery come into place isaiah 53 11 because it says that and he shall see of the travail of his soul that is yeshua and shall be satisfied it says by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many that is now the, that knowledge is the law that is actually written it says for he shall bear the iniquities let me show you this in the book of ezra so that we can actually understand this mystery in depth now when this is being when the law is when, when when this ezra's vision is being interpreted to him it says that and then shall my son be revealed whom you saw as a man ascending and when all people hear his voice every man shall in their own land leave the warfare they have against one another and an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together as you so desiring to come and conquer him by fighting it says but then he shall stand on the top of zion and zion shall come and shall be shown to all men being prepared and built like as you saw the mountain covered without hands I was telling people at the school of ascension that zion was actually being built and we shall get to the creation of zion which is something actually detailed in the book the voice of my beloved that's that book and i show you how zion is actually built so it says that now this is this is the part i love it that's 13 38 says and i and shall lay before them their evil thoughts and the torments wherewith they shall begin to be tormented which are like unto a flame and he shall destroy them without effort by the torah which is like unto me so the lord says that this son of man shall destroy the people by without effort by the torah which is like unto him which is symbolized by the fire so we notice that when this it, it, in isaiah when when the lord comes back to fire it says that fire and tempest comes out of his mouth his breath is filled with fire and tempest now that is the fire which, which is symbolized by the fire then it says that he will destroy the people without effort by the torah or by the law which is like unto like to the lord which is actually the law of the lord so this law that actually is given to this person is what this person uses to destroy the multitude so it, that's why it says it he he has he will tread the wine press of the few the wrath of the god so what happens is god puts him in this place and then the way jesus was 
put on the cross to pay for the sins of all. This son of man is put in the circular altar. And then in the circular altar, he's fed there with the law, which you actually see one of the stars portray, where it, that, that's the sign of Aquarius, the water bearer. So Aquarius, Aquarius, the water bearer, is a sign where we have a man holding an own, and then he's pouring water into the mouth of a very big fish. Let's, let me first open for you that in my book, The Star Gospel. So you see he's pouring the water into the mouth of a very big fish. Then what happens is that the water that is being poured out is this law that the Abba says that the Torah which is like unto me, that is the Makaba. So it says, the Aquarius, the water bearer, it says in Numbers 24-7, says, He shall pour the water out of his bucket and his, his seed shall be in many waters. Now this many waters is actually the circular altar where the, man, the son of man was put. It says, and his, his king shall be higher than Agag and his kingdom shall be exalted. Then also, now the water that is being poured out of the un is actually uh, spoken about in First Enoch 49, one, verse 1 to 2. It says that for wisdom is poured out like water and glory faileth not before him forevermore. For he is mighty in all the secrets of righteousness. So now we know that a time is coming where it says that knowledge shall increase. That's just simple because this son of man is going to release the, all the secrets of righteousness because they have been given to him. So we need to learn that the circular altar, the, this, this dolphin I was swimming with, what looked like actually a shark, is this son of man who I told you guys in an experience that <laughs> I met a fish that was flying and this fish. I just know this fish freaked me out because I was, I just ended a heavenly class in one of the heavenly academies I attended. And then I found a fish flying and it was so happy to meet me. And it came to me and it was like no one else could see it. I was the only one who could see it. And then it came to me, it first chased me like two rounds around the, around the class. And I was like, why doesn't this fish leave me? But then something very special happened. When I decided to meet it, it embraced me with so much love. I couldn't believe that love. It was so much love. And then this, then he, he, he gave me three books. Those three books that actually opened my eyes to who he was. That's why I can, that I can actually see some of these paradigms that many people can't. So he, he gave me these three books, which I actually try to document in some of the books I write. I try and write down some of the things that are in these books so that some of you can see that can see the beauty of the Lord. Some of you can commune with the beauty of the Lord. So that your intimacy is taken to another level. When he gave me these three books, I actually left the house of the Lord. For the, for the first time, I, had, I, I wouldn't say for the first time, but I had beheld the house of the Lord. It was, it was beautiful. This temple that is actually kept that we shall see in the end. Abba revealed this temple to me. And I went there and found this son of man hidden there. And then this son of man gave me these three books, these three laws. And he told me to reveal him. So I went, I, I left, I left, actually when I left the temple, it's funny, when I left this temple, he's, he again came and I met him seated on his throne outside the temple of God. And then he began to speak to me and he gave me more wisdom and revelation and he taught me these mysteries and he kept on telling me to pursue these mysteries because they are the very heart of Abba. Abba loves it when we commune with these mysteries because that we begin to touch his very essence. I told you for ages we have just, we have, played actually that's the word i've just heard him say right now we have played with paradigms like we've just basically interrupted with very little of the paradigm of him just pictures of him just playing with pictures what we call 
uh, the real paradigm of Abba, just us basically playing with pictures of Abba in the past. But now he's getting to a serious place where he wants us to actually see him to a depth, to the depth, of course, which we, each of us can behold. He wants us to actually see him. And it's a very special thing. So my heart is open to the things. And I invite all of you as well to open your hearts to this paradigm because the bride of God is inviting us in. And we have touched this in the School of Ascension. And I'll keep on answering many of these questions. If you have any more questions, you can keep on sending them to me. Or if you, if you want to talk to me personally, you can let me know and then we shall see how to answer these questions because the time is coming or the time has come where this the first harvest that we saw where the son of man is seated on the cloud is about to manifest right now and as i and as, as i said that i i began to smell um i began to smell the, the sea and the fish that of the second harvest and this fish that i was actually swimming in so i as, as i said that i began to smell that and I just want to encourage you guys and tell you that there is no more time because the first, the first, the ride on the first horse has been released. And then the, the book that was in the hand of him who sat on the throne has been unsealed because this person is the one I spoke about in the previous podcast. This person is the one that is responsible for unsealing that book. Remember that a seal is only opened by death. So what happens is, when we have a book, this book, remember this book is the person. Now this being, this book that is actually the Makaba is the person himself. So when this person is concealed, the only way that this book can be unsealed is, whether, is by this person taking on the stead of the veil and then ripping it. Remember when I was telling you about Capricornus, I told you that there's a goat that came, then this goat created a veil. And then when this goat died, this veil was removed. So this is exactly what happens with Jerusalem, the mother of all. So the Jerusalem, the mother of all, joined with her son, who is actually caught up to God, the Messiah, son of David, who we actually see, it says that she brought forth a male child and was caught up to God. So when Jerusalem, the mother of all, creates this veil, that's when we begin to see and interact with this paradigm. My hunger grows within us, but we can't see the paradigm until that veil is torn. That's why we see that this book is taken from the one who sits on the throne. And then it says that the lamp of God, the root of the root of David, hath prevailed to unseal the book. That's when, when this, when we see the dolphin resurrect. That's when we actually see that the dolphin has overcome, and then this book is unsealed. Then this dolphin is actually released. You get this dolphin is released, and then that's how we see this dolphin coming in a being. It says in a, it says in. Malachi, um, um, let, me, let me end with this because I feel, like, uh, I feel like there's a lot happening this time that we need to touch. But it says that, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord. So remember, I told you about the time I went to this temple and found the son of man there. So it says that, the Lord whom you seek. Remember that the Jews sought the Messiah, son of David. So it says that he shall suddenly come to his temple. It says, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. So I was telling people at the School of Ascension that there is a John the Baptist that is meant to come, another John the Baptist. There are actually 12 offices, the 12 last generational offices that we're going to have in this dispensation 
One of them is the office of the John the Baptist that is coming. Then we have the office of the two witnesses. Then we have the Christ and the designated watchman. And then we have seven messengers that the Lord is sending. And then there's one, we have the office that carries all these offices. And I want to touch on these offices another time. But I would love to end by saying that there's a messenger of the covenant. They say, Behold, I will send my messenger and shall prepare the way before me. So we saw in time past when Jesus was coming, John the Baptist came and prepared the way before him. You get says, now, the Lord whom ye seek, who the Messiah son of David, who the Jews sought, who the Jews actually thought that was going to come and rescue them in the manner of war and all this, like David was, like someone was going to be born and the person was, you get, is actually this Messiah. And this, the Lord is saying that this Messiah is suddenly coming to his temple. It says, verse 2 says, but who, who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and a fuller soap. Now that refiner's fire is basically him through the law that is given to him. Re, you can say shaping, shaping the paradigm that has been there. Let me, let, let me show you this in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 42 says that, Isaiah 42 says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I hope by now we understand who the Lord is talking about. It says, I have put my spirit upon him, that is the virgin of life. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. It says he shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break and the smoking flux shall he not quench. For he shall bring forth judgment unto truth. So what is basically saying, it says when this person comes, this person will judge what we believe as truth. I told you that for a long time, we have basically played with the picture of about what we think that the Lord is, or who we think that the Lord is, those revelations that we have regarded as truth. The Lord says that he, this Messiah will bring forth judgment unto truth. So he's going to come and question everything you believe as truth so that you can see the light. It says, he shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth and says, and the isles shall wait for his law. This law that he actually uses to justify many. So we have entered the time where the Messiah son of David has come. I was telling you, in the previous podcast and the other podcasts that we have we as end timers and the church have basically prepared for the coming of the antichrist but we have forgotten to prepare for the coming of the christ we forget that the antichrist is basically something or a decoy that drives our attention away from the christ himself but i told you that in my vision the lord revealed to me the christ and he has been only revealing to me the christ I really don't want to get into the teach about the Antichrist because I feel like other people can teach about that. I want to reveal to the Christ so that when we see the Antichrist, we know that he's just basically uh, deception. He's here to deceive the church, but now we need to see the Christ. And I urge you to keep opening your heart because there are very many people that, ha that the Lord is trying to reach to with this gospel. He's trying to reveal a lot of things to them, but... They are closed up because of what they perceive as truth. But we have entered the time where God is judging the truth himself. He says that he is going to come to you and say, you believe that this is truth. You believe that there are only three persons of God. Well, is that true? Then he judges that truth. And then the light comes out. He is going to come to you. And that's basically what he did to me when he called me into seclusion. Everything I believed was as truth was eradicated it was disintegrated he removed all that he judged it and he brought me to the knowledge of truth which is actually the place i want to bring you guys to so uh 
just I, I release the invitation of the Virgin of Light right now to come to her chambers, her bridal chambers, that you may commune with the truth right now. Wisdom is calling forth. Wisdom is calling forth and she desires that you answer her right now because she has love for you. If you desire treasures, Solomon said, if treasures be desired, who better than wisdom who created the world? She has all the treasures. She has secrets to all these treasures. So if you desire treasures, she has them. If you're troubled in heart, she's peace and she is the peace of the Lord. She'll give you this peace. If you want joy, who better than wisdom who is joy personified? So I hope you receive this invitation because we're entering the time. The Lord is now beginning to rapidly move and we're gearing towards the reveal of this son of man. So uh, I pray for you. I pray that your heart is open. I pray that this is revealed to you in the course of the weeks and I pray that your identity is revealed to you in terms of which person of God you, you, you or your foreshadow or what image and likeliness you're made after so that you may commune with the very heart of hearts of God. And I release a wave of joy and love to you right now that you may understand how to love and, and the dimensions of love that are written within you. I release a wave of joy as well to you right now that transcends and touches your family and everything that around you, everything that to do with you, whether it be the law that you interrupt with the, your, the law of your very being, all the visions you see, I transform them right now that they may align with who you're meant to be. Amen.